0: Hello and welcome to the Eyes Up Life podcast with me, Ben Granis, your host. Today I am excited to introduce you and welcome you to my conversation I had with Mickey Thomas. Mickey Thomas is a professional off-road racer, something that at the time was completely new to me and he very much educated me on what the power sports world is all about before we get a little bit more into that, I just want to share Eyes Up Life is a podcast that was born after I completed a 7,000 mile bike ride around the United States to raise awareness for distracted driving and to promote digital wellness. And now I am sharing with you stories and conversations with athletes and affiliates of Max's Tires. Max's Tires is the best tire company in the world, and I am not kidding, go check out MaxisTires.com. If you own anything with wheels, they are the right brand for you. Also, go ahead and give them a follow on Instagram, at MaxisTires, so that you don't miss any video release. They come out every other Wednesday, also known as bi-weekly, on Wednesday. Eyes Up started as a bike ride, and now it is many things, ranging from these sorts of conversations, interviews, and video conversations. So Eyes Up started as a bike ride around the U.S. that I did solo, ending in September of 2022, And now it is many things ranging from general advocacy for safer roads and healthier relationships to technology to interviews and conversations with awesome people around the country, speaking engagements at schools, communities, organizations, and corporations, all of that good stuff. If you or someone you know might be interested in having a conversation with me about a potential speaking event. Go ahead and send me an email or have them reach out to me, ben at eyesupride.com. Okay, let's get to Mickey Thomas. Mickey, off-road racer. He is my age, so this was cool. I interviewed him in Georgia. Again, one of the first interviews that I did. It was number two in this series, so it was fresh. I was getting used to doing interviews with people, especially people that I hadn't ever met. And Mickey is just such a—I'm going to say this about everyone. They're all such nice people, but Mickey really made me feel welcome, uh, such a warm presence. And, um, yeah, he is really good at what he does. Uh, Again, obvious because these people are professionals, uh, but (laughs) it's uh, it's a new thing for me. So I'm going to say it when it's true, and it is true this time. Um, Mickey will share about his life and experience and I hope you enjoy the conversation stick around to the end to hear what's gonna be next in the series and we'll talk to you soon enjoy bye-bye
1: yeah I'm Mickey Thomas Um, we're in Dawsonville Georgia at my race shop um, I race Pro 2 off-road trucks in the championship off-road racing series. Uh, they're like 800 horsepower um, trucks with 18 inches of wheel travel. We hit jumps, um, stadium racing, so we're in front of a big crowd, you know, racing 20 other trucks. It, it's a lot of fun. It's kind of like, I like to call it a mix between NASCAR and MMA because it's, you know, it's super high speed, but a lot of, lot of crashing and banging, and it's a, it's a high action sport. How did you get involved in this sport and power sports generally? Yeah, I got involved in this um, through side-by-sides. I got a Polaris Razor as a Christmas gift, actually, um, when I was about 16 years old. Entered a local race in Georgia. um, Did really well. Won the championship the next year in that local series. And honestly, just kind of climbed the ladder. Got all the way up into, uh, you know, kind of discovered short course racing. Found out about the trucks. Knew I wanted to get into it. My um, team helped me get into get a ride uh, and into a truck, and, and did super well. And you know, this past year, uh, we we won more races than any other driver in my class. So we've had a lot of success.
0: Um, and every year, just just keep getting better. It's it's been a lot of fun. So for me and for a lot of people who know almost nothing about power sports, what is like what's a, what's side by side, and what's the Pro V2? What is that?
1: Yeah, so side-by-sides, um, you know, a couple manufacturers make them, but it's basically like a four-wheeler with a steering wheel. You can go, you know, to a dealership and buy one. They've come a long ways since I've started in them, but, um, you know, they're they're off-road little cars that you can go to a Polaris dealership or a Can-Am dealership or Honda. They all sell them now. ton of fun, um, you know, just really cool little vehicles. And uh, they, they have a, kind of a big racing following. You know, all the manufacturers like to compete against each other to see who's, who's fastest. And there's a couple big series that kind of run those cars. So that's, it, it was a really good um, entry-level class for me and for a lot of people to get into short course racing or desert racing. Um, but
0: it, it's, it's really cool. They're really cool off-road little vehicles. Did you do, were you involved in this growing up as a kid? And where, where did you grow up? Uh, so I grew up, you know, close to
1: here. It's, it's a town called Cumming, Georgia, um, just 15 minutes south of here. Um, I wasn't really into racing early on. I was I was more into ball sports, and I was I was pretty good, uh, baseball and football player. Um, I found, you know, racing, like I said, through through the UTV that I got as a Christmas gift. Um, and you know, as soon as I started racing and doing well, uh, I knew right away that's kind of my passion and what I wanted to do i've always been a gearhead like loved working on cars and I loved cars growing up, but never really was introduced into racing until later on in my life um, But once I found it, I knew it was my passion and i've been uh just you know head first
0: everything I can do uh to race anything I can now you mentioned when I first got here that you're kind of entering the off season now what's a normal year kind of at a high level for you like what's what's the structure of the the year like the schedule and everything yeah.
1: Uh, yeah, so our season usually goes from about June to the end of September. Um, so it's a pretty short season, and we, we get a long off season. Um, right now, we're mainly racing in the, in the Midwest, and, you know, it gets real cold up there. So that's one of the reasons we can't race during the winter months. Um, we are starting, the series is starting to expand. I'm actually helping a guy build a track here in Dawsonville, Georgia. So that's going to be added onto the circuit hopefully in 2024. Um, so, you know, we're, we're expanding as a series, and I hope Short Course kind of grows because it's such a cool sport. It's so exciting. Everybody that goes and watches this sport is, it, you know, they fall in love. So um, I think it's, it's going to come a long ways in
0: the next few years, and I hope uh, more people learn about it. What's your favorite part about the sport as an athlete? And what would you say for a spectator or someone in the audience is, what's the, what's the best part for them too?
1: I just think it adds a whole new level of, you know, action in, in the form of racing. Like the jumps we hit, the contact we make. These trucks are so tough, so they can they can take a lot of contact. Where in another, you know, a lot of other forms of racing, um, contact is kind of frowned upon. I think in off-road, uh, it's it's more of the norm. So there's just it's way more action-packed than a lot of other racing series. Um, you know, I think anybody that's gone to a race and seen it live can attest to that like they absolutely love it they fall in love with the sport um, and there's no other sport in my mind that has as much action and, and is as fun to watch as a spectator as off-road racing
0: so when you say contact you mean like you're bumping into other cars right like, are, you tr- are you trying to hit them and not
1: trying to you know it's just kind of uh, uh it just happens like we're, we're sliding at 100 miles an hour um through some of these corners and uh, you know we're, we're right next to each other as close as we can be, trying to get every ounce of speed that we can. Um, so the, the contact just happens, and it's okay because our trucks are so tough. We're able to do it. Um, you know we're not out there trying to wreck everybody, but just having that ability to you know kind of lean on other trucks um, and use them to get through the corner, I think adds an awesome spectator value to the fans.
0: It sounds like a pretty physically challenging sport, what kind of training and prep do you do
1: for a race? Yeah, I probably don't train as much as I should, but it is pretty demanding. You know, we're 40 minutes for a race, so there's sprint races, but even in that 40 minutes, I mean, you get some serious arm pump, it's hot in the cockpit. I mean, you're, you're surrounded by motor, the motor sits right next to you, so that exhaust is, is, is burning up. So especially in the summer, like you lose a lot of water, Um, I just try to stay hydrated, you know, I I definitely warm up and loosen up before the races, um, you know, because it can be tough physically.
0: How about, so how about in the off season? What do you do for fun or to help you get ready for the next season? So all off season we're slam packed with, you
1: know, work to do on the truck. We're building spares because of all that contact. We had to have a lot of spare bumpers, spare nerf bars, you know, spare suspension parts. Uh, So we'll, we'll spend our time kind of building the spares. Um, Aside from that, you know, I like to mountain bike, go on the boat, Um, you know, just I I love having fun. I've got tons of toys. Uh, That's what I love doing. Go-karting. You know, I have other race cars uh, that I like to go race on the street and uh, a couple other things. So I just try to stay busy, stay active, stay fresh. Our off season's so long,
0: I I try to stay behind the wheel of something. How did you get uh, involved with Maxis and create that sponsorship? So yeah, I, you know
1: I found Maxis through off-road. They've been involved with off-road um, for longer, you know, way longer than I've been around. Um, so I knew they were they were a big a big tire manufacturer in the sport, and they made the best tires. Um, you know, after some success I had, I approached them. They started helping me out real early on in my career, and they've been with me, you know, from me just getting started to you know winning all these races now. So they've been a huge part of my program. They make awesome tires. I mean they're. Their Razor AT tire that they just came out with, I mean, it makes incredible grip in any situation. Like, I think it's a huge part to my success, um, the durability, everything about them. They just, they beat every other tire in every aspect.
0: Um, and that's why we we're able to win so many races this year. What does it actually look like to form that sponsorship and partnership? Do they need to see your race history? Like, what's sort of like the, the timeline? and? track there?
1: Um, so really starting out my crew chief who's helping me at the time, he had a really good relationship with Maxis. Um, so they just kind of helped me, you know, gave me, gave me a discount on some tires, help us support. They mounted my tires and grooved them out the start um, when I was a nobody. And, you know, over the years I progressively got better and better um, and that led to more support with Maxis. Um, so, you know, I think it's just, all comes down to networking yourself really well to get sponsors, um, you know, meeting the right people and then and then,
0: and then obviously succeeding in your sport. Um, and, and we've managed to do that. Right on. Um, so you mentioned mountain biking. Uh, have you ever dabbled in road biking or is it mostly mountain biking? Where do you go around here also?
1: Uh, so yeah, I, I love to mountain bike. I've, I've never done any sort of road biking, although I would like to. Um, you know, there's some great roads around here to, to cycle. Um, mountain bike trails, we're, we're kind of in the Appalachian Mountains here, right at the foothills of it. So there's there's some really good um, trails nearby. There's Jacob Bull Mountain. It's about 15 minutes from here. That's normally where I go. They've got a huge trail system. I've got an electric bike that I just picked up recently, so that thing's been a ton of fun. Um, but, yeah, that's one of my favorite things to do is just go up there, you know, do a 20-mile ride or something on my electric bike, which is easy but like an e-mountain bike yeah oh, yeah an e-mountain bike yeah. um it's like a electric assist right right, right. But, uh super fun love doing it they got some really cool trails around here it's all mountainous
0: near me so cool area to do it are there a lot of people in the uh off-road space that geographically that live near here no
1: i'm like the only guy in this area there's actually one more pro 4 team uh, he's in south georgia but outside of us too, everybody's either from California out West or they're from the Midwest. So I'm kind of an outsider being from down here. And uh, honestly, that just comes back to how I kind of found the sport through side by sides. That's what enabled me to learn about short course racing. Cause you know, living in the Southeast you never would ever know about it. Um, you know, back when I was a kid. So um, yeah, I think it's cool. Like I'm a bit of an outsider, but uh, I love kind of going up there and racing guys in their home tracks and trying to beat them. And it's been a lot of fun. Does it make it harder for you being separated from them or is it not really? It's definitely hard on us because, you know, we have to travel to go race 15 hours minimum. Um, so and the, and the races during the season are so tight that I actually have to rent a shop and pretty much relocate to the Midwest when we're racing up there for the four months that we're there. Um, you know, so it's tough on me and the crew and, um, you know, my family and everything because I'm gone for so long. So that aspect of it definitely makes it tough. I think at this point, I'm pretty familiar with all the tracks up there. So I don't think there's any kind of home track advantage for anybody um, that's from there. But definitely the travel
0: is, is, is a tough aspect. Yeah. Well, so with all the travel, you obviously spend a lot of time on the road and probably in your everyday life, you're <laughs> getting out on the road. What's your experience been with distracted drivers um, and that whole issue. Yeah, definitely it's an issue that you see getting progressively,
1: it's gotten progressively worse, I think, um, especially on the road. I mean, we're, we're trucking in the semi, and um, we're, we're constantly putting miles, highway miles down. You see a lot of people on the phone, texting, um, I would say every day. So it's definitely a, a concern, and obviously it leads to terrible tragedies. Um, so You know, I I hope people do realize um, how easy it is to get distracted and and kind of lose that focus. Just like, you know, I'm I'm in the race car. You have to have 100% focus when you're racing in the car. You know, I think people kind of get comfortable. You know, they look at their phone, and they don't realize how fast things can change. Something can come up. Um, So I I do wish people would realize, you know, the effect that that can
0: have. Is there anything that you've thought of or... Yeah, that you might think might be a solution for distracted driving, or that could help us as a culture and society, or eliminate the
1: problem. You know, I think awareness goes a long ways. Um, you know, letting people understand the severity that texting and driving um, can have. Uh, I think if I think if they kind of open their mind to seeing how often um, wrecks happen and. and tragedies happen from distracted driving Um, I would hope that people would you know take the initiative to maybe you know change their own actions or or their loved ones actions to to stop texting and driving Um, yeah it's outside of that it's it's a tough thing people are becoming more attached with their phones um, you know as the years go on
0: and so I I hope I, I just hope people realize how important it is do you have any uh, direct experience with distracted driving or know someone who's been affected or in a crash with? I don't personally know anybody
1: who's... No, I, I don't. Not, not off the top of my head.
0: Um, that's great. Yeah. <laughs> you know, better to be in that situation yeah. for sure. I can't think of anybody. Yeah. yeah. Um, okay, so we were in touch over Instagram, and you mentioned that that's the... Preferred way to get in touch with you. So I'm curious to hear about your uh, experience with social media and like how in your day to day life it plays a role. So I think for me, um,
1: it's a little bit different than you know your ordinary person because I do use social media as a marketing tool um, for my sponsors. You know, it's important for me to um, market my sponsors' products and their brand, and social media is a good avenue to do that. Um, Outside of that, I do kind of try to stay off social media with my personal life. I I like to keep that to myself. Um, And I like to get out and do things. You know, I like to stay active. That kind of keeps me off my phone a lot. I have a lot of hobbies and things to work on. Um, So that's been good for me. But, um, you know, it's been a really really cool thing for for me as a race car driver to use social media as a platform to help market my
0: partners. How do you balance... uh, how do you keep the balance between your personal life and the need to use social media for for your sponsors and for work?
1: For me, I think I just like having fun doing other things. Um, I think just staying engaged with those things, like go-karting or mountain biking or going on the boat. Um, I have enough things to keep me busy and enough passions that I don't really feel the need to to be on social media outside of work. Um, So... I think that's that's important just to have have hobbies, have passions, get outside, be active. Um I think that's all things that, you know, kinda take your focus away from social media and puts into things that are more important and you know, you can get outside and make memories, you know, you're never gonna remember, you know, sitting on your phone on the couch looking at at Instagram or whatever. Um so I think it's important for people to to get outside, you know, make memories, make relationships and um just
0: yeah, like, live a little more um, outside of their virtual world. Do you think any of that comes back to your upbringing? Like, could you share a little bit about your childhood or younger years that maybe play a role into your uh, focus on doing things that you love?
1: Yeah, I think my dad has a huge influence on that for me. um, He's just wide, wide open all the time. He loves doing things. Growing up, he would take us, you know, snowboarding, like, anything you can think of. He was 100% active showing us how to do so many different things. Um, So as a child, I was always active, always in sports, um, you know, and he was a fun haver from the get-go. And so I think that's kind of had an influence on how I see life. Um, I like getting out, having fun, doing things. Um, So he definitely had a big influence on me. What was your your favorite thing to do as a kid growing up? Uh, I loved riding dirt bikes. I was huge into dirt bikes. I got in a really bad accident, got a bad concussion, tore my leg up, and that kind of ended that. That's that kind of actually what got me into UTVs because they had a roll cage, so they were safer. Um, but I, I've always loved power sports. That's, you know, been a huge
0: passion of mine since I was a kid. Now, have you had any setbacks as, a, like as in, since you've been in your professional uh, racing career? Yeah, definitely. Uh,
1: in 2000, I was shooting a kind of a commercial for one of my sponsors, Mystic Lubricants, and I had a really bad crash, probably the worst one I've ever had. <clears throat> and I got a real bad concussion and, and neck injury. Still bothers me to this day, um, just in various ways. That, that was pretty tough to get through. Um, but even through kind of the recovery of that, I was still able to stay successful in racing, you know, and, and stay racing. Um, but that, that was
0: that was a big challenge for me, for sure. Yeah. Um, how, what keeps you going, knowing that those are risks, especially now that you're, you know, have a family and are you know, getting old, older, <laughs> you're not old yeah. by any means, but you know, what keeps you uh, excited about
1: what you're doing? Just my passion for the sport. I think that keeps me, keeps me motivated every day I wake up. Um, you know, it's, it's nerve wracking sitting in the truck, getting ready to race, you know, you know, in the back of your head what can happen. But as soon as the green flag drops, you know, your journaling kicks in, you forget everything. Um, and that's, I think that's what I love so much about it. It's just there's, there's nothing that can get you in the zone like like racing can do. You know, as soon as you go, you're 100% in flow, just in the zone. Nothing else matters.
0: Uh, there's nothing I've found that, that puts me in that, that zone like anything else. Is there any advice that you could offer to someone who maybe dreams or would, is aspiring to be in, maybe not in the power sports world, but someone who wants to feel what you feel while doing your job, but is maybe doing something that they are less excited about? What advice would you offer them to? To get involved, kind of. Yeah.
1: Yeah, I think power sports, you know, there's a lot of different things, dirt bikes, uh, ATVs, the UTVs, like how, how I got started. Um, they're more affordable. You can just go to the dealership, pick one up. They're just a ton of fun. I mean, you're gonna get, you're gonna get huge rush from driving those things. And honestly, like they can do, especially the UTVs. You can just go to the dealership, pick one up right off the showroom floor and go hit, you know, 60 foot jumps. They're,
0: they're pretty incredible how far they've come these days. So those are those are a blast. So kind of going back to the, the phone use. So if you get, a Picture yourself driving around and you get a notification on your phone. What's your like what's your thought process or what what goes through your head? Do you are you tempted to respond to it? Do you have do not disturb on your phone while you're driving? What's What's, what's your use?
1: Yeah, you know, I'm not perfect. Like, you know, if I get a text message that pops up, of course, I get the urge to, to look at it or respond um, however I can. I know I'm on the road a lot, so I do have a nice system set up in my truck um, where I can just voice over respond to people. That's usually what I do. Um, but it's always there as a distraction, you know. So it's definitely something that I, I need to work on myself, um, just kind of staying more focused on the road. But I think there's a lot of tools out there nowadays to, you know, like I said, uh, have it all on audio where you, can, where you can respond with voice commands or whatever that, that help you know, keep your focus on
0: the road. Yeah, it sounds like you don't have a problem with distractions in your everyday life with your phone and things like that. What, what would you say is the biggest distraction from your phone these days that you know, maybe takes you off your focus? takes my focus off my phone. Yeah, I know. sorry, <laughs> poorly phrased question. Um, what is the most distracting thing about your phone that takes away your focus from work? or?
1: Um, yeah, I mean, I think over the past two or three years, like, the, pla- the social media platforms have become so engaging. Like, they're, uh, they're doing a great job. Distracting people, getting your attention, like TikTok. I I do get stuck on TikTok just scrolling through videos sometimes. Um, But outside of that, you know, I I really, truly, like, I go out of my way to to put my phone down already. I I do not enjoy using my phone for social media. Outside of work, and, you know, I like creating content and everything, but, um, you know, for personal use, just scrolling through other people's content, I'll flip through for about maybe 10 minutes a day. Um, But outside of that, I just... Like I said, I think I stay busy with so many other things that I'm just never short of something to do. Um, so I, I never, I never get bored. I'm, I'm in the shop working. I live where I work, so I'm able to come down here and work till, you know, work till I'm ready for bed.
0: And that's that's usually what I do. What do you do while you're working? Are you listening to music? Are you talking to Joe? Your what's his role here? Mechanic? Yeah, or, yeah.
1: What's, uh, what's yeah, the day today? definitely usually have some music going, uh, that, keep, that helps me keep focused. Any favorite genres or? I'm all over, I'm something. all over the place with music. It's alternative rock, it's country, you know, rap, hip hop, like I listen
0: to everything. Whatever is the mood. Pretty much, exactly. <laughs> Just That's match awesome. the mood, so yeah. How about, so in, you're not far from Atlanta, do you ever go to Atlanta for like fun events? Like what's your like off-season ideal like outlet away from home?
1: Yeah, I'm not a big social guy, um, but I do like going to Atlanta, like a bunch of super nice restaurants. So I'll go down there for a dinner date or something. Um, but I'm not a big partier and stuff like that. So I I tend to kind of stay up here in the country, uh, you know, do things that, you know, I can go that are active. I, I prefer that much over, you know, going to the cities. But Atlanta's a beautiful city. They have a lot of cool stuff to do. So we'll go down there for
0: events or, you know, concerts and things here and there for sure. I can see how it'd be harder to leave here because <laughs> it's such a beautiful spot. Which will you'll show me, which I'm excited for yep, sure. Yeah. Um, any closing thoughts, uh, Mickey, about your career or anything that you think would be uh, interesting to share? Um. <laughs> well, okay. Well, that's that's way too broad of a question. What's what are you most proud of uh, in your career right now?
1: Uh. Honestly. I think the thing I'm most proud of that I can say is that I've gotten better every single year uh, of my career consistently. And every year every year we've either moved up classes, we've won more races than the year before. Um, so that's something I'm always striving for, is just improving. And something that I can say that I've achieved. So I'm super proud of that. And what's something that you're looking forward to in this next season and off season? Uh, yeah, this, this next season, this will be the first year that I've done something for four years, so this is my fourth season going into pro two. Um, so I think this year I'm just looking forward to kind of, you know, I, I'm to the point where I'm not learning anymore. I think I've got kind of the chassis, the, the race car mastered. So just going and I think I'll have a really good year, have a good shot at the championship. And um, just looking forward to kind of being back in something familiar.
0: Is there a place that we can see your race history and results? Is that, like, kept somewhere? Yeah, you can go to champoffroad.com,
1: and they'll have the results listed for for the past years. Cool. Yeah. Well, thank you,
0: Mickey. Yep. I appreciate it. Thank you. Alrighty, so that's Mickey Thomas. I hope you enjoyed listening to my conversation with Mickey back in October in Georgia. What a nice guy, right? I mean, just just such a nice presence, and um, he's great. And after a little snippet, he afterwards took me on a ride around his pretty large property in one of his uh, side-by-sides, which again was something that I had no idea what they were. Um, Anyways, it was cool to be in a vehicle with a uh, literally a professional driver. I felt probably um, more safe than I should have, but uh, that was cool. Um, And just cool to be in the South. The South kind of has a cool vibe in my opinion, but um, this is coming off a, a year where I spent a lot of time in the South and it was good good times. So next time, also known as two weeks from when this came out, we'll be listening to my conversation with Amanda Batty. She is awesome. Mountain biker. So we're going back to the two wheeled sport. And uh, you won't want to miss that one. She is this was an impromptu uh, interview, um, which I'll explain more in that episode. But stick around to that one because it's good. And again, if you haven't watched the video uh, with Mickey Thomas or any of the other people that I've interviewed that have been released so far, check out Maxis Tires on YouTube and subscribe to this podcast. Follow Eyes Up Ride on Instagram and Maxis Tires also on Instagram. And have a fantastic day. Don't forget to drive distraction free turn on driving focus if you don't know how to do it check out eyesupride.com slash resources and you'll learn how quickly drive safely live eyes up and we'll talk to you next time goodbye